0: Welcome to the podcast of Harvest Baptist Church in Harvest, Alabama. We invite you into our sanctuary as we dive into God's Word with our pastor, Dr. Al Perringer. Well, good morning. I want you to take your Bibles and turn to the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And I'll begin reading in verse 12 to the end of the chapter here in just a moment. Now, I don't get sick very often, but whenever my body is not healthy... I cannot function very well now. Part of it might be that old joke or cliche about how when men get sick they turn into babies. You know that, that might be that might be part of it. Part of it might be taking all the medicines that make you poopier than you already are. Part of it, uh, you know, and and it's just part of it might just be the distraction of getting sick. But when you're sick, you just you're, when you're not healthy, it's just hard to function. This past week. I had a cold or allergies or sinuses or something that turned into bronchitis, was tested twice for COVID. I'm negative. But it, it, um, it turned into a week of just not functioning very well. It's a miracle that anything got done. It's a miracle. I have a sermon today, but I do. I just don't function when I'm not healthy. And just like I don't function well when I'm not healthy, the church doesn't function when the body is not healthy in the passage that we're looking at today paul uses the analogy of the body for the church the church is the body of christ and there are certain aspects that need to be in place or certain things we need to understand about being the body for it for it for us to function in a healthy manner working according to how christ created us because only when we are healthy are we able to function able to move forward with the gospel, able to move forward with ministry, as we are called to do. And so as we consider what it means for the church to be the body of Christ, I pray that we as a church seek to be healthy, as is described in the Bible, not only here, but elsewhere. And so we're able to fulfill our functions of gospel proclamation, of ministry, of kingdom growth. I want Harvest Baptist Church to be a healthy church so we can function as God wants us to be and make an impact in this world, a world that definitely needs an impact for Jesus Christ. And so it's a long passage. I'm going to ask you to stand in reverence to the reading of God's holy word as I read verses 12 through 31 of 1 Corinthians 12. nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. On the contrary, the parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And on those parts of the body that we think less honorable, we bestow the greater honor, and our unpresentable parts are treated with greater modesty, (coughs) which our more presentable parts do not require. But God has so composed the body, giving greater honor to the part that lacked it, that there may be no division in the body, but that the members may have the same care for one another." If one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. Now you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. And God has appointed in the church first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then miracles, then gifts of healing, helping, administrating, and various kinds of tongues. Are all apostles, are all prophets, are all teachers, do all work miracles, do all possess gifts of healing, do all speak with tongues, do all interpret? But earnestly desire the higher gifts, and I will show you a still more excellent way. Let's pray. Our God in heaven, I pray that we seek our part in the body, and that you would make us healthy, Lord. Make, us all he- make this a healthy body so that we are able to function and fulfill the plans and purposes that you have for us. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. As we look at this passage, what do we learn about the church as the body of Christ, and what it means to be healthy, and what it means to function? The first thing that I want to just take notice of, of of what it really means to be the body of Christ, is I want to look at the unity and diversity of members. There is both unity and there is diversity. That's kind of what happens with the body. So, Paul likens the church to the body. Now, we could say that Christ is the head of the body. He's the one that gives the signals. He's the one that gives the commands. He's he's the one that tells the rest of the body what to do. He gives the order. He gives the direction. And Paul, he first emphasizes that there is just one body. He focuses in first on the unity of the church. I mean, this is true for the universal church, all of God's people throughout all of time, his one body, his one people. But it's also true of the local assembly, which is us. We at Harvest Baptist Church, we are the body of Christ together. We are a unity in that. Now, just as everyone has one body, and just like everyone just has one head, I mean, we we are one body with one head, who is Jesus Christ. We're not a head connected to multiple bodies. There's not a body that's connected to multiple heads. There's one head. He is Jesus Christ. That is it. There's only one head to the church. He is King of Kings. He is Lord of Lords. He alone has authority over the church, and there's only one body, one church, and we are a manifestation of that church, and we're joined together by the Spirit. He talks about that we're baptized into this one body. It's talking about the baptism of the Spirit. We believe in Jesus Christ. We receive the Holy Spirit, and then through that Spirit, we're united to all believers together. So we are united as one, and Paul warns against division in the body it's a warning for anyone who wants to cause division in the body don't cause division because the body is united and yet Paul recognizes that within this unity there is diversity the unity is made up of diversity because it's only through Jesus Christ that people from all different backgrounds can become one people when you come to Christ no you don't lose your identity you don't lose your uniqueness But the wonderful thing in Christ is that your identity and your uniqueness is blended together with others to make a unity out of that diversity. No, Paul, he he mentions some categories. I mean, obviously, they're not the only categories that there are. But he says that that, that, like race and ethnicity, that doesn't separate the body because the body is made up of Jew and Gentile, different races, different backgrounds. (coughs) He mentions that the body is made up of all different types of socioeconomic statuses whether someone is a slave whether someone is free whether they're rich they're poor they're part of the elite or they're not part of the elite the church is made up of all different types of people under one head just like the body is made up of different organs different parts different members but yet the body when it's healthy works together for the good of the whole And so if the church is going to be healthy, we need to seek the diversity in the unity of Christ. Now there's this author, Scott McKnight, he wrote a passage in his book called Fellowship of Difference to show the diversity of the early church and how that might give us a map of what a healthy church might look like uh, for us today. And so this is what he wrote. He said, if we want to get the church right, we have to learn to see it as a salad in a bowl. I mean, a salad made the right way, of course. For a good salad is a fellowship of different tastes, all mixed together with the olive oil accentuating the taste of each. The earliest Christian churches were made up of folks from all over the social map, but they formed a fellowship of different tastes, a mixed salad of the best kind. A recent study by a British scholar has concluded that if the Apostle Paul's house churches were composed of about 30 people, this would have been their approximate makeup. There would have been the craft worker in whose home that they met along with his wife and children, some female slaves, some male slaves and dependent relatives. There would have been some tenants and their families and slaves with them as well. Some who rented rooms from him would be there. Some Slave owners, some freed slaves, would have participated. Some homeless people would have come and met. Some migrant workers renting small rooms would have met in the home and been part of the church. Add to this mix some Jewish folks and perhaps an enslaved prostitute, and we see how these different tastes, quote-unquote, were in a typical house church in Rome. Men and women, citizens, and freed slaves and slaves who had no legal rights. Jew and Gentile, people from all moral walks of life, and perhaps most notably, people from the elite classes all the way down the social scale, even to the homeless. And so a healthy church would be a conglomerate of the diversity of the community. I mean, we can't only seek to hang out with people who are just like us, whatever just like us might mean. I mean, you, if you know some of the folks here, we're not all alike, so there, I mean, there's no one just like us. But that's, we, we can't seek that anyway. We want to be a representation of what's out there. Christians in our community come in all shapes and sizes and kinds and, and colors, and, and we ought to be a reflection of that diversity under the unity of Christ. But unbelievers, the people who need Jesus, they come in all sorts of kinds and shapes and sizes and, and colors and we endeavor to reach all of them. So just like the body has different parts, the church has its different parts as well. And yet, we are all one. That is a healthy, functioning body. But secondly today, Paul goes on to emphasize the importance of every member. So secondly today, the importance of every member. The unity of the church is made up of the diversity of members. And, and, you know, just like a body has all different parts and they all have different functions. And and so Paul continues the analogy of the different body parts referring to different church members. And, and, And he emphasizes that just as each part of the body is important to the whole body, so each member of the church is important to the whole church. And Paul says that the the parts of the body, the members of the church, need to avoid one of two extremes in how they view their importance to the rest of the body. Now, one extreme is to think that because God gifted you as he has and made you as he has, and he didn't gift you like somebody else, he didn't make you like somebody else, that somehow you're less important than those other people. Maybe you think because God hasn't gifted me like this other person that I'm flawed, or that there's something wrong with me. It's a warning of either being envious of other people or, or, or just looking down on how God has made you. But God made you to be you. Now Paul, he gives us some examples of, uh, uh, of this. You know, he gives the example of a foot who, who thinks that because that he's, he or she is not a hand, that they're unimportant. That they have less to contribute to the body or he gives the example of the ear and and this ear thinks that well since I'm not an eye I'm less important I'm not important I'm not part of the, the body but that's the wrong kind of thinking God knows what he's doing when he's gifting people when he's making people when he's making the parts when he's making the members because he knows the importance that they have for the whole the whole body could not function properly without all the parts in place working as they are made. Again, using the analogy of the human body, extending it to the church body. And so in this analogy, and the examples that Paul uses, you know, if if both feet decide that because they don't have the functions of the hand, that they're going to have a pity party and they're not going to do anything. If they decided to stop functioning, they would adversely affect the rest of the body. If the ears decide that, well, you know what, I don't have the gift of sight, I'm not the eye, and so they start having a pity party, and they decide, well, we're not going to do anything. I mean, if they stop functioning, it has an adverse effect on the rest of the body. And so every part is important. And Paul says it's God who chooses what part you play. There is a reason that God gifts and makes people the way that he does. Because then they can work together for the whole. They can work together for the whole body if they function together. They each have their own function. They work together in the unity to do the work. And so he uses some, I mean, kind of, if you want to call it hyperbole, some ridiculous illustrations. I mean, think about if the body was just made up of one part. How silly that would be. I mean, if the whole body were an eye, you'd lose your hearing, along with everything else. And so, yeah, if the whole body were one giant eye, it might see stuff, but it couldn't hear anything, it couldn't move around, it couldn't pick anything up, it couldn't taste anything, because it doesn't have a mouth, it's just one big eye. Honestly, that's what monster movies are made of, just one giant eye looking at you and it is a monstrosity that's not the way the body is made or what if the body was one giant ear you'd have this ear just laying around doing nothing it's hearing but it can't smell it can't taste it can't it can't smell the roses and it can't get up to smell to get to the roses to smell because it's just an ear i mean that'd just be weird The point he's making is that God does not gift everyone the same way in the church because otherwise the church could not function. And so you can't become envious or jealous about someone else's gifting and you can't look down on your own gifting because God made you the way that he made you, however that might be. He made you for a purpose. He gifted you for a purpose and you're needed in the church for the church to function properly. Because if, the, if every member had the same gifts, we wouldn't be able to function. We'd be a social club maybe, but there would be no body. There would be no work. <coughs> but then there's another extreme that he warns against, and that's the extreme of arrogance. He says that one member can't look down on another member because their gifting is different. Just like, you know, a, gift, you know, a part of the body can't look down on another part of the body because it does something different and has a different function. So again, like the the illustrations that he uses. I mean, an eye can't say to a hand, I have no need of you. Because guess what? The eye does need the hand. Because if the eye sees something that it wants, well, guess what? There's no hands to pick it up. You need the hands in order to pick it up. The head can't say to the feet, I have no need of you. Because if the head wants to get somewhere, it can't get anywhere without the feet. And so, you can't think that you're so important (coughs) that everybody else is somehow expendable. There is no one who is expendable in the body of Christ. You are all important. You are all cherished. And we need everyone doing what they're gifted for in order for the body to work properly. Yeah there there's you know there there are gifts and functions that may be more visible. Paul talks about the fact that there's there's body parts that are more visible. And there's gifts and functions within the church that are more visible. And you might have a part that is more in the background. But you know what the people who have the gifts that might be more visible wouldn't be able to do what they do without those who are working in the background. You know what? I might be the guy who teaches and preaches on Sundays and Wednesdays, but I could not do a thing without all of you doing what you are gifted to do, and I don't take that for granted. I'm appreciative of all of you, and I don't say that enough, but I'm appreciative of all of you and all that you do in using your gifts. So there's some that more in the background, some more out in the front. But, but Paul likens the hidden parts of the body, you know, he, those who work in the background, they're, they're the hidden parts of the body. He says they get the greater honor. I mean, they're, they're the ones that keep the visible parts going. Think about this. Just because you don't see your heart working doesn't mean it's not important. I mean, no one, no one, you know, you wake up, you don't look, you don't see the heart working. The heart is hidden. It's working in the background. But I guarantee you, if that heart stops working, none of the rest of the body is going to be doing much of anything either. So that part might be hidden. It might be working in the background, and yet it is so important. And so just because someone has a gifting that is more hidden, more unnoticed, it doesn't lessen the importance. Because if the hidden gifts don't do what they do, the more visible gifts can't do what they do. So I don't want you to think that the way that God made you, that the way that God gifted you is somehow unimportant. And don't think that someone who's gifted different than you is unimportant. Every member is important. Every member is needed, necessary, and cherished. And we do. Now, third, I just want to do this one quickly. Third, he talks about the ministry work of every member. You're made, you're gifted, you're important, but you were made and gifted for ministry. And in verse 27, he reemphasizes. That okay, we're all one body. We're individually members of it, but then he goes on to talk about the different roles and the different gifts. And in in a sense, he's re-emphasizing what came in the passage before, verses one through eleven, where he talks about the different some of the different gifts. Now, he first talks about roles within the church. Again, just like uh, the lift, listing of gifts that come, you know, before it's just a, a sample. He's not. Like giving an exhaustive list, he's just saying here's some, some examples. But everyone has a role, and here's some of the roles the early church had. Apostles, there's no more apostles, but that's the role some of the early church had. Prophets, teachers, miracle workers, things like that. There's obviously numerous other roles within the church, but those are some roles, and, and every member has a role. And then he continues, he lists some gifts. Again, these are not exhaustive. These are examples, just like he gave examples in verses 1 through 11. And so there's there's gifts. There's different roles, and there's different gifts. And he emphasizes again, not everybody has the same role. Not everybody has the same gift. Just like the parts of the body, members have certain gifts and roles to fulfill. So you have a role where you can fulfill your gift. And so the key is to find out how God has gifted you and then finding the role that best lets you use your gift. God has given you a gift. He's also given you a passion. He has directed your heart towards something. And so what we want to do is help you find your gift, a role that directs your energies with that gift toward the passion that he has placed in your heart. That's your ministry. That's where you have your ministry. You are gifted. There's a role in which to use your gift toward what God has laid on your heart. So last week, I talked about this a little bit, and if you weren't here last week, you didn't hear the sermon, you can see it on YouTube, you can listen to our podcast. But what we want to do as a church is help you find your part in the body. What part of the body are you? Now, on the welcome tables, uh, well, in the foyer back there, the welcome center back here, there are these spiritual gift assessments that I'd love for you to take. And attached to those forms, there's this, if you want to call it a results list or whatever, where you list your gifts, you list your passions. There's, there's collection baskets in the back, back there. There's two up here on, on the front pew. You can fold those results up and, and put them in there. You can also access the assessment online, and you can also access the report online. I finally put that on the website as well, so you can go to our website and find links. You can go to the newsletter and find links and and do that, because here's, here's the ideal. Here is what we are trying to get toward. We want to assist you finding your ministry within the church, because you all are parts of the body. Now, I can guarantee you this, there is no spiritual gift of pew sitting. I can guarantee you that, but there are other gifts. Now, physically, you might not be able to do certain things, but you know what? There is always somewhere to use your gift because you are an important part of the body. Now, it's going to take us some time getting it all figured out as we, the staff, we figure out the the ministry teams that we need for the church to function, and then matching you and your gift to ministry teams or, or you know, surrounding a, a ministry around how you're gifted. But just think about that. Think about a body, a church, functioning as it was made, every part doing its thing, how it's made. That is a healthy Body. Now, I say that, that doesn't mean that you can't help with functions and events that are not matched to your gift. It might not be your ministry, but it doesn't mean, well, it's not my ministry, it's not my gift, so I'm not going uh, to help. Well, no, because there are events and things that we do as a church that, you know, there's not necessarily a gift attached to. I made mention uh, last week of the need for people in the nursery. Again, all of you are able to handle that. And you can see Chad and, and Gina and uh, about that, about volunteering, uh, because uh, we need you. You know, last week, I mentioned that my gifts were teaching and, and knowledge and, and prophecy. My passion is the Word of God and um, developing a biblical worldview within people. And... Uh, You know, uh, because of the gift of prophecy, that might mean I might not make a good permanent children's minister or anything like that. You know, there is a reason why I'm not in children's ministry because, I mean, you think about it, with a gift like prophecy, and I'm like always working with children, you know, I'm going to constantly think, well, man, if this isn't proof of original sin and total depravity, I mean, I don't know what is. You know, just thinking along the theological lines. But you know what? That doesn't mean that I don't love children because I love children. I I love playing with them before life group, before church, Wednesday nights. I'm playing with them all the time. That doesn't mean that I don't help with children's events because I do. I'm the VBS hype man. I love being the VBS hype man. I love getting them all riled up. I don't know why. Why? Boy, you want to see a different side of me. Just come during the opening worship part of of VBS and you'll be like, who in the world is that guy? Because I love hyping the kids up. Have fun with that. Love working trunk or treat and meeting with the families and working the registration desk, handing out candy and all sorts of... You know, just because you don't have a particular gifting doesn't mean you can't volunteer for the events. But what we're talking about here in the passages, ideally... You have a gift, you have a passion, you have a role. And so we want to focus your spiritual energies in the ministries that God has made you for. And so that's what having a healthy body is. You know, maybe we can assess our health as a body by looking at the questions given by casting crowns in in their song. If we are the body, Why aren't our arms reaching? Why aren't our hands healing? Why aren't his words teaching? And if we're the body, why aren't his feet going? And why is his love not showing them there is a way? Here's the thing. We will reach, and we will heal, and we will teach, and we will go, and we will love if we are a healthy, functioning body. So let's aim toward that. Christian, come to the altar and pray for God to show you your gifting and open a door of ministry that he has for you. Maybe you've been a regular attender, but you haven't officially joined our church body yet. And make that commitment. We would love for you to join the church and make the commitment to this body and serving God through us. But maybe you aren't part of the body of Christ because you haven't trusted in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. You're not saved, and you're not going to heaven without Jesus Christ. He died for you. He rose again. He's seated at the right hand of the Father. He will ever intercede for you. If you just trust in Him, and if you've never trusted in Him, I'll be up front. You come forward, and I would love to introduce you to my Savior, Jesus Christ, and you, too, can become part of His body. Thanks for listening to the podcast of Harvest Baptist Church. For more information, visit us online at harvest-baptist.org, or find us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. You can also find info on our children's ministry on Facebook at Harvest Baptist Children's Ministry or on Instagram at KidsQuest underscore HBC. Our student ministry is on Facebook at HBC Vertical Student Ministry and on Instagram at VSM underscore HBC. We welcome you to join us on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. We are located at 8999 Waltre Highway in Harvest, Alabama. Thanks for listening. And God bless.